Well, thanks for listening to the LCR Media Podcast. I'm your host, LCR Naylor Taliaferro, live here at the Service Edge Conference in Plano, Plano, Texas, technically, um, but the da- Dallas area. First time here um, utilizing the Service Edge um, podcast area um, that they're doing their own podcast here, having a good time, having to get this the first day of the conference. So I'm utilizing the space and I, I, I grabbed the first person that I thought of that I haven't had on that is going to deliver a lot of great content. I know it. Mike Callahan. How's it going, Mike? Good. I appreciate you having me. And uh, yeah, back to a really familiar place. Welcome to uh, SEC 2 now. Uh, back from the SA one all the way up to here. I think this is uh, probably the 11th year straight been here. So really, it's good good to have you. Yeah. So it'd be wow. crazy enough to have me back on stage. I think going on year <laughs> seven or eight. So wow, that's awesome. Well, now it's so the first I wanted to come here back in 2019. I almost came here, um, and then I, the family obligations just didn't work out, and then you know pandemic pandemic happened, and things just got out of hand. Um, you know, obviously, and then now I'm back coming here, but to be a speaker. So I'm kind of like in a totally different, I was wanted to come as a guest and I'm coming as a guest and a speaker all at the same time. So, um, it's, it's a, a unique experience for me. So I'll, I'll uh, lean on you, you know, off air for some uh, tips and things. Cause I've only spoken a couple of times. I mean, I speak all the time on social media, right? So I just have to visualize that. Right. Well, I, I can tell you what not to do. So we'll go. start with that. There you go. Yeah. But before we get, you know, down that rabbit hole, um, what, why don't you tell the audience about you, who you are and why you've been speaking for so long and, and, and all that, like your connection to service autopilot. Um, but let's start at the beginning, like who you are, what you do. Yeah, probably some of anybody listening, Naylor, uh, started out freshman year in high school, pushing a lawnmower around the neighborhood. Uh, parents uh, instilled some really good work ethic and said, you know, hey, if you want a car, uh, you basically got to go out and be able to pay for the car and the car insurance. So unknowingly kind of started a business, started knocking on some doors. There was a 36-inch uh, walk-behind mower in the garage and uh, inadvertently started just cutting some lawns in high school. It gradu- uh, went through college about five years. Uh, by the time I graduated, we had uh, two and a half, maybe three full-time crews uh, in the business. Um, and as I was going through the college uh, route, um, and we went from literally you know, the college route or the corporate route, uh, obviously, you can guess what route we went. We went the, the lawn care route. Um, kind of unfortunate, I guess, as, as you look at the perspective, though, is I was looking at all the other lawn care businesses in the area of what they were doing and what I thought success looked like. Uh, there was another masonry company that was really successful. I was friends with the family. Uh, Miss Gentleman was the definition of success for us. It's fine. And compound, compound the problem uh, in a couple of college classes, it was guys that owned, uh, girls that owned different businesses. Um, there was one commonality, Naylor. As you looked at it, they were literally the center of what was going on in every business. It, it had to be approved, anything was going on. Um, they were always on their cell phone putting out fires. To me, that actually is what looks, success looked like. Um, and kind of looking back, and it's kind of crazy, I didn't have to, I couldn't be the center of that chaos when I was in college because I actually had to go through my classes and do my homework and things like that. Uh, so I had these basically three crews that were somewhat autonomous. Um, but after I went in full time, I thought, man, I gotta dig in and just be the center of everything. Um, so fast forward probably four or five years, ended up getting married to a girl I was with in high school. Um, but I was working 70, 80, sometimes 100 hours a week, seven days a week. And I was the center of the chaos in the business because I thought that's what success looked like. So um, through that, uh, the girl I married came home, believe it or not, on February 14th. Anybody uh, knows what that is, it's Valentine's Day. <laughs> but not only was it Valentine's Day, uh, she came home and said, Mike, I'm out of here. That business runs you. Wow. Uh, so really, we hit rock bottom. And uh, through that, I started to look at what did I like in my life. Um, what really wasn't my business. I didn't like it because I, I realized what I had built. I had built a business that revolved around me as a single point of failure. I couldn't leave a day or two. 
everything would have fell apart. Uh, so I went on the internet like a lot of us do now. Um, unfortunately, YouTube and some of the things like that, the videos that everybody's pumping out, that wasn't available back then. Probably date myself, but um, <laughs> what I did find is Tim Ferriss, the Four Hour Worker. Yes. And I got I really enamored with that idea, and I was digging in, and I, I started to think, well, maybe I can be running this lawn care company for the beaches of Thailand and Bali. Right. Um, and I dug in even deeper, <laughs> and I found um, uh, automation a product that was called Infusion Soft at the time, uh, but. Through that, I was convinced that that was going to be my key to either fix the business or have to get rid of it. So with no technology background at all, uh, I bought an automation platform, woke up the next morning and realized that dream of running the business from the beach probably wasn't going to happen overnight or maybe even ever. Uh, but that was my chance to get my life back to my business. So we automated the business over probably three to four winters every waking moment I had. I didn't go to the office. I started to build automations. And what happened over that three to five year period is we went from 70 to 100 hours a week, 35 hours a week to basically an absentee order up to about 30 days in a pop if I wanted to. Um, so that's kind of been my journey. And as we continue to grow, um, my new mission is really to help business owners take their life back from the business. Wow. Wow. Nice. So what, what, what have you, so how did you, um, end up getting connected to service autopilot at the time now, now service, well, service edge, service edge conference, but you know, there are multiple things going on. It's not just service autopilot. Anymore. Yeah. So I, I had a blessing with, as well as a few other guys and the girls that I know did, um, Jonathan, uh, out the lawn care millionaire was pumping out these videos. Um, that's when YouTube really started to affect me. So, uh, Jonathan was offering these crazy $2,500 round tables. Uh, some of my best friends, like to the day, uh, Garrett Matthews running well over 10 million a year down in Shreveport, Chad Cranston, very successful business. Um, a couple of other guys were there. Um, so we built a really good relationship with us, not only as other contractors, but with Jonathan. Uh, so fast forward, Jonathan and I had basically been staying in touch um, and he heard about the automations that we were building on this Infusionsoft uh, platform. So he invited us to SA3. Um, that was literally the first speaking engagement. So uh, it was a bit of a nightmare. So I'll tell you what not to do on your first one. Uh, but we got up there, we talked about automations, but through that process, uh, unbeknownst to me, Jonathan announced that SA had been building automations. Uh, so the after party that night was actually Jonathan's personal home. Uh, very select few people got to go. If you registered early, you got in. Um, but I ended up getting Jonathan's attention in the relationship later in the night and said, hey, we really want in um, to the first realm of this. So John Caldwell, the co-founder of SA, and Jonathan uh, flew me and my team out of uh, myself, Bill and Lori, to SA for several several days. We sat down with the development team and them and just showed them what we liked and how that we thought automation should work for a lawn care, home clean your service business. And, uh, through that relationship and respect, um, they took what we said and executed probably 99% of it to the T uh, with some iterations with limitations of the technology at the time. And that really was the beginning of uh, our automations and the relationship moving forward as a certified advisor with SA. Yeah, yeah, I, I see every, when I first signed up for Service Autopilot, like as a user, I don't remember, several years ago now, uh, before obviously 2019, so maybe, maybe it was 2019, but so four years ago. Um, I remember seeing, you know, the, the automate or the, the, I forgot what it's even called now, like the, the section of like, it's like add-ons. Oh, or, uh, marketplace. Yep. Marketplace. Yep. There you go. I saw you on the marketplace. I'm like, wow, that's cool. And, you know, I was trying to figure, you know, figure all that stuff out. And I think automations is something that people are um, underestimating and maybe don't even know much about it. So can you maybe dig in a little bit more as to how, like what automations even means yeah. and how people can utilize that in their business to, to, to not be dealing with what you dealt with early on in your career? Yeah, Nailish, it's, it's really kind of crazy that it, it's, it's been around. I mean, we've been automating, automating my business now for 
probably 10, 11 years at least, maybe longer than that. Um, but in the service industry, it's really, I don't want to say it's cutting edge or bleeding edge, but it, it kind of is still cutting edge. Most service businesses are unaware of what it is. Um, and, and before I really dive into it, the misconception is automations is there to replace people. It really is not. Um, it's those mundane, repetitive things that you, you constantly have to tell people to do, when to do it, you're babysitting them, um, and the things that need your time that literally are repetitive. Uh, so as you're going in, First fear is it's not going to replace them. What's going to do is get you from the twenty or fifty dollar an hour things to the two hundred fifty to five hundred dollar uh, things in your business. So your team, once they see the power of the automations, uh, will probably embrace it. And your office staff will absolutely love them as long as they know it's not going to replace them, but it's actually helped them. Uh, but basically, automations—if you take it from a really high level—we uh, go into the customer life cycle. So we talk to the customer where they're at. Now, at a really high level, let's say we got a lawnmowing client. They come and they hit our website um, and fill out a form. They requested an estimate. The first thing we're going to do is send out a lead letter automatically through an email. This could be five or six reasons why your business is different, why people actually want to work with you. Nothing about a sales pitch. Uh, depending on the service uh, and the sales cycle, let's say they did it Friday night and you're not getting an estimate until Monday morning at least. Uh, we do something called short-term education. We're going to educate them how to do that specific service themselves. But the key here is we're going to build uh, more value to it. So maybe proper mowing, how to sharpen your blades, whatever that is, that service is going to provide the higher perceived value and charge the highest price in your market. And in addition, we're going to go out and overcome any of those sales or price objections. If you ever read the book, They Ask, You Answer by Marcus Sheridan, Marcus Sheridan talks about literally being upfront, talking about the buying objections. We're going to address those upfront and we're going to be different. We're going to overcome the sales and price objections. And let's face it, people don't trust themselves to hire a contractor and they sure as hell don't trust us um, because they, they, bundle us into that chuck in the truck kind of person that's out there running around with no insurance. But obviously the people listening to LCR are different. We're professionals. We need to present ourselves in that. So we're going to raise the perceived value, charge the highest price in your market. Within reason, you're probably going to close it because we're different with the value and short the sales cycle. Uh, the next part is something we call 20 days to close. So we've submitted that estimate. Um, the issue, that again? 20, 20 days to close. So to it's close. our automated estimate follow-up. Um, statistically, they find that you should follow up on each estimate five or more times in order to close it. The key here, Naylor, is really, it's called omni-channel marketing. But really, all it is is a fancy word to say we need to follow up over multiple communication channels. So the way we do is we spend this over 20 days. Um, we've got the statistics now how we do it. Uh, but literally, each segment or day, like at day one, three, five, and so on, uh, we follow up with email that are automated, text messages, and eventually phone calls. Now, Neil, you may say, hey, I'm still out in the field. There's no way I have time to follow up an estimate. What we do is we tie into a product called Send Gym. We send something called a ringless voicemail bomb. Hits the cell phone on file, looks like a missed call, and it's like literally a pre-recorded message. But the idea is it's not a robocall. It's a personal. Hey, it's Mike from Callahan's Laundry. So sorry we missed you. I found up the estimate we dropped off two days ago. If you have any questions, call me back. Otherwise, um, feel free, free to accept the online estimate. And what we found uh, working with hundreds of businesses every year doing this with them if you're building this yourself, um, I'm in the mindset of abundance. So this is really what you want to see is literally the first two to three days, most of the estimates will close. Um, but what we found interesting is we were running you know, thousands and thousands of estimates through this a month. Is seven to 10 days, there's another spike. And believe it or not, about 18 to 20 days, there's another spike. And what happens is a client that you've given an estimate to hasn't given you the courtesy that they've hired another competitor, but you're just softly showing up. Do you have any questions? Is there anything I do with this estimate? And the guy or girl they've hired doesn't show up. They don't return the phone calls. They're leaving clumps in the yard. Whatever that is, and you're just quietly showing up. Um, and then they reach back out to you. And at the end of 21 days, uh, as you're doing it, you want to create some scarcity. So do we have permission to close out the estimate? 
and we're going to have some call to actions in here to click to accept or call to accept. And those things is what's going to drive the um, communication. But if you're not following at least five times, statistically, you're losing out about 80% of uh, the sales in your market. And a lot of people will, will come in and they're like, I just can't complete my market because there's low ballers. There's low ballers. I can't compete. But we find out that a lot of times those competitors aren't low ballers that we're thinking about. They're just following up consistently five or more times while you're not. So they're just the making, people are just making up excuses of why when really it's not that's not the case. Exactly. Yeah. And it, obviously it wasn't just from my, my lawn care company, Callahan's, but after working with hundreds of companies each year, we started to see some statistics and trends. And we're looking at it going, you know, it may not be the competitor down the street. It's the fact that you don't follow up consistently across multiple communication channels all the way through those 20 days. Yeah. Um, it, it does continue in there, and I can get into it, but I know I've, I've – dumped a whole lot, so I don't know if you have questions you want to dive into that, uh, but it does basically go into a welcome acclimation phase, and we definitely want to talk about the upsell and expansion plan. I know that's a lot to digest for listeners, yeah. so I don't know if you have any questions up to that yeah. point. Is, uh, um, no, I know it's, it's great, everything that you said. I mean, um, I, I, I honestly love that there's so many different um, options now solving these problems, whether it be, you know, Send Gym, you know, uh, Simple Growth, like all, all, all these different add-ons to to your business to solve the problems. Like I can't I can't answer the phones or I can't return that. I can't follow up on this. I can't this and that. Automations, what's that? You know, like I, I just think it's great that you guys have and I'm sure more will come, you know, solving these problems for your own business basically. And yep. then, then you're like, hey, you know, I think we can offer this to other folks and, you know, we can really package this and scale it and help a lot more people than just my own business. So I think that's great first and foremost. So thank you for uh, for doing that and, and, and sharing all that. Um, what, what what else? Like, let's, yeah, so, yeah, let's so after we, we go in, that's usually like where you and I, at least in the beginning days myself, I made the mistake. Uh, by no means are we perfect. We made pretty much all the mistakes you can get. And some of we got lucky enough. Um, and I'll be humble about it. I mean, like we made these mistakes and then we learned from them and iterated off them. Uh, but in the early days when we got a new client, we, we forgot about it. We just went on to the next new lead. Uh, so what we did is we created an automated welcome at, uh, and wow process. So right off the bat, when you become a client, we welcome you with an email. Uh, we acclimate you what to expect with the business. If a credit card is required on file, we get that PCI compliant credit card form in there. Um, next thing we do is in 30, 60, and 90 days we follow up, um, but it doesn't look like an automated email. It looks like somebody from the office personally wrote the email. How's the service going? And traditionally, if it's done a lawn mowing example, hey, the guys and girls are doing a great job mowing the lawn, but occasionally not blowing off the back patio. That's a major cancellation issue. Um, but the biggest thing is it's personalized but automated. So what happens if they sign up for a one-time aeration you're overseeing in the fall? We'd look really stupid if we followed up 30, 60, 90 days. The automation looks at this frequency of the first service and then responds to it. Um, we also go into our newsletters, which sounds a little corny sometimes, but they actually work really well because we're sending them out to our leads, our clients, even our canceled clients that we want to work with. Um, but we're not selling them, we're providing value. So if we're going in the fall season, winter season, and we're doing ornamental pruning, we're talking about the proper uh, timing of the cuts, how to make the cuts, and we're providing education around that. Uh, after that, we have automations we built about uh, pre and post dispatch. So uh, we call it be there, been there. Kind of a tongue twister, but literally, you can have a text or email before the technician goes out to do the lawn and a post call as well. So one of the uh, cleaning companies that cleans my home, when before Angelica gets there, I get a text and she's on the way. And when she's done, if I'm at the office and I want to come home, I get a text saying she's finished. Um, so we're going to be able to communicate on both ends. Next thing we dive into, into a uh, basically a five-star review and cancellation risk reports. We automate a net promoter score that's a 1 to 10, a 9 to 10 is a promoter. 
Um, and, and what they do is once we've silt, sorted them out as a promoter, we push them out to your Google, your Facebook, your Yelp reviews. It's aided below that neutral or detractor. We push them back to your office report to make sure we can get those folks uh, back up to your promoter status. And then uh, the next thing is we go in and actually uh, create an accounts receivable process. So uh, Brian Ring, uh, a lot of folks listen, have definitely talked to Brian. and Brian's Ring a getting, ding. Ring a ding, ding. Yeah, <laughs> usually, hopefully Ring a ding's coming around. But uh, Ring a ding uh, worked with us for a while, still does. Uh, but he's given me permission to share his name in the story. But um, I don't remember the exact numbers off ballpark, but I know it was upwards of 30,000. I think it was around 36,000. Uh, Brian was able to go in within the first week of running the overdue automation and literally sweep through and generated about $36,000 of payment while he was out training the guys, getting ready in the spring season. Wow. Um, so we go out from 1 to 30, 31 to 60, 61 to 90. We create automated process, all the point, possibly sending them out to collections if you need be. Um, and then we also look at that credit card. So if we acquire it on file, we have a, a PCI compliant credit card form that goes out 45 days before the expiration. And then the final part of this before we get to the upsells, well, actually kind of loads into the upsells, is the ability to do an on-site property-specific upsell through, through the mobile app and a form and some automations behind it. Uh, the crew can go in and say, hey, the bushes are a mess or the beds need to be weeded. Um, and they can actually make property-specific suggestions to upsell um, those folks. And then what we recommend is between five and eight upsells, depending on the service and the seasonality of your business. Um, the first one we always do is a one-time recurring. So we signed up for a weekly recurring mowing. Um, that wouldn't kick in, but if we signed up for a one-time spring cleanup and they hadn't signed up for reoccurring service, the automation kicks in to sell the reoccurring service because we know the money is in the subscription-type services. And then in addition, we spread out the other five to eight upsells based on the seasonality of that particular client's market. So if you're building this yourself, you're going in the spring season as the weeds start to pop, we go in and actually set the automation up, say, say fertilization weed control. Now, the biggest mistake nailer, though, is if we go out and do an email blast and say, hey, it's time to sign up for your fertilization weed control. If you already have the service or have recently signed up, just ignore this. What are you telling your clients? You don't care about it. So what we do is right before that automation goes out, we sweep through and look at five or six things. The main one, if you're building this yourself, is do they already have the service? Is there an estimate in play for the service? Has it been done in X amount of days? If it's a service, maybe like mosquito control or other things like that. Um, and, and then if those things don't hit, automatically fire out. Uh, those upsells. And what we're seeing is companies that are running anywhere from a half a million and beyond, each upsell campaign in the first 24 to 48 hours, as long as they've got a decent database, is generating 60, 80 estimate requests. Wow. Uh, so it's not uncommon by the second or third communications, our clients is calling our office and saying, hey, Mike and team, turn off the upsells. I can't literally handle the capacity or I can't physically get out there and do the estimates because I've got to get the work done. Uh, so what we've introduced is our, our new product called Simple Estimate, but it's an on-demand estimating tool uh, through AI, artificial intelligence. It'll go in and actually take a look at the satellite imagery. So imagine uh, they click the button to get an estimate. The AI looks at the lawn and tells you how big the lawn area is, the driveway, the perimeter of the house. Uh, so we have artificial intelligence. You can measure the square footage, calculate based on your price, and let them close that. So a lot of our folks who are getting overwhelmed with estimate requests for the upsells, drive it through simple estimate and that also can live on your website where they can customer or potential customer type in their address use the ai or um, a lot of folks are a little leery of ai and, and i don't blame them uh, in some markets full transparency and speed isn't there yet machine learning's not there we've seen some issues with chat gpt uh, so what we've got is another technology that where they can physically color in the grass area or the driver with their finger or their mouse and actually have that emotional connection and right now uh, as the stats are laying, we're actually seeing a better conversion with the more manual climb 
in some markets because there must be an emotional connection or something there they trust it. Obviously, the wave of the future is AI. We're leaning into that heavily, um, but we've got both options right now, and a lot of a lot of companies are actually beta testing two different products under the same roof. Nice. So it seems like a, a, it's it's all about a series of automations that gives you simple growth, right? Hence the name of the company, right? Yeah, and it's it's more really it's based on a process called lifecycle marketing. Um, it's now referred to as lifecycle automations, uh, but it's really from when I talked about the short term nurture is the brand aware. And then once we give them the estimate, we're going in um, to their welcome and wild phase and closing it. Um, and then it's really upselling customer referral. Um, we often do customer referrals as well. But it's really where are they at in the customer lifecycle and how do we communicate automated and personal to them. And that's the secret sauce. Uh, there's one of the emails that's day two that goes out um, in, the, in the estimate follow-up. And if you listen to this, this is just worth the nugget of, of the next 20 minutes or 30 minutes of this whole podcast here is um, the email literally says, hey, Naylor, um, just checking in our spots are filling up fast for the lawn care estimates um if you have any questions let us know but would you like us to save the spot something like that but it's a quick two sentences real quick but the secret sauce is at the bottom it looks like it's sent from the estimator's iphone yeah and it literally usually closes 80 percent of all the sales yeah um, that get happen. that personal touch yeah but it's just kind of a clunky little email two line two sentences but we put the header in there sent from my iphone people think two days after every estimate you literally sent them an estimate file from your iPhone, yeah. and it closes. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, where can people uh, get access to this? Is it only on Service Autopilot, or can they just go to Simple Growth and like like how, how does this even work? Does it have to be applied to a CRM to their website? Like, let's let's get into that. Yeah. So, there's a couple different ways you can do it. Uh, predominantly, right now, it's on the automations itself is on Service Autopilot. Right. That's the easiest way, right? Exactly. If you got Service Autopilot, or if you're thinking about a CRM. Get Service Autopilot, and then you got that ready yeah, to go. Yeah, we do uh, a few standalones, but predominantly it's right through Service Autopilot from the early days. Um, in addition, depending what industry, we have some APIs and some different softwares that uh, will work. Um, and then Simple Estimate uh, is our sister company. Uh, but basically, the idea is most of our, well, I think everybody would physically talk to, we've got a team of about 20 to 22 people ballpark full-time on the team, um, have all been actual clients. So Dylan and Josh that are here. Um, Josh was actually, or Dylan was our first client, sold his business in his mid-20s, came back, multi-million dollar company. Uh, he is our top person you talk to at Simple Growth, as far as the sales thing. Josh sold his business probably about three years ago, uh, had a really good-sized business in Michigan. He's back running Simple Estimate. So really the best way is to reach out, um, SGS Call, you can actually book a sgscall.com, you can book a free talk with either one of those guys. Um, and they're really going to look at it and see you know, what's the best fit where you're at. They've been there to multi-seven figures. They've run a business. Um, they still understand it. Uh, so the worst thing we can do is go out and say, hey, this is this is a prescribed thing. The best idea is talk to one of those guys. Um, they really have your best interest at heart because they've been there. Nice. So I know we've, we've definitely unpacked a lot here. It's a lot, of t- a lot of great value. But is there anything that we're leaving out that we might have forgotten? Before we wrap things up, before the um, uh, session get, breaks out, and gets yeah, I would chaos. say uh, I've done a couple talks the last last couple weeks here, at, 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 as far as SEC and some others. Um, I think the biggest thing is talking to the lawn care industry and a lot of these deep dives where we set up software systems and get uh, production best estimating and job costs together for folks. Um, is I think the most alarming thing, and, I, and I'm not saying this in a bad way, but um, I was the same exact way until I went out and figured it out, and got an education around it. Uh, but a lot of a lot of lawn care businesses are running blind; they don't know what it costs them to operate call that our break-even cost. Um, so I would say go out, find a financial um, consultant. If you need some help, we do dabble with it. It's not our full-time thing. I mean, we do the software setups. We help people get it. Uh, but I would say understand your, your business and be able to make non-emotional business decisions based on 
the data. Um, and that, that really is the interesting thing because um, after that divorce, Taylor, I, I lost about $75,000, $80,000 uh, that summer. I got back into DJ nightclubs. I had been really strict prior to reconciling the books every week, QuickBooks and looking budget versus actual. Um, and I got into bank account balancing or budgeting. And I'd never done that before. But if there was one hundred twenty-five, hundred fifty thousand in the bank at that size of the business, cash, that was about what it was. That was like a good spot for us. So throughout the whole summer, we're floating between that one twenty-five, one fifty ballpark. Um, but I wasn't running the actual numbers the way I'd always done. Didn't get into the break even what it was in that year. And we got to November, December, and uh, I found out I was seventy-five, eighty grand in the hole. But what happened is Christine and Tammy in the office were so good getting the cash in and running the cards daily that the cash was coming in before the bills. Um, so I guess my, my personal warning is don't fall into that mistake I made a while back, obviously, probably 15, almost 20 years ago. But that's uh, it, it, it can happen to anyone. Yeah. So if you're, you don't know the number, get it. And if you're not tracking it like you normally do, get on it. Because it's uh, you're playing Russian roulette with your family, your employees, and eventually that, that chamber is going to be loaded. Yeah. Shout out to our friend uh, John Pajak with Profits by Pajak podcast and his budgets, break evens and bottom yes, lines program job. that he has. Love He's going to be teaching a master class at the LCR Summit coming up on January 19th and 20th. So if you know, you can either reach out to, to Pajak personally and, and get one on one coaching, but it's going to be more value uh more affordable value if you come to the actual LCR summit and you can uh, be a part of that masterclass, then you can network with him after and all that. And, th and then you can dive in deeper if you want, you know, with him a uh, one-on-one coaching, but he, he definitely has his numbers down. So that's one of many consultants yeah. that you could probably work with. Obviously you guys can reach out to simple growth a little bit too. You said you guys yeah, dabble a little bit. We but, dabble. We honestly yeah. try to get it to the professionals like John. Yeah. Uh, a lot of times, a lot of these guys are in such demand. Um, that we can't get to them right away. Yeah. So that's where we help. But honestly, that's not our business that we want to do. Um, but if we have a client that's desperate, obviously through our mission, we want to help them. Right. Uh, but we do, you know, John is an awesome resource. Highly recommend him. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you for your time, Mike. It looks like the uh, next uh, session is going to wrap up. It's going to be all loud and crazy in here. <laughs> and I, I know you're probably busy. You got different things going on too. And um, I appreciate you taking the time out of, of your, of your day today. And I look forward to hearing you speak and I'll prepare for my speech, speech some more and we'll, uh, we'll be good to go. So thank you. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate it. Appreciate everything you're doing for the industry and the health and professionalism. Absolutely. Thank you for that. And thank you guys for listening until the next episode. This is the long care rookie signing off. Awesome. Buddy. Thanks man.